The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Welcome back to a fresh week. I am so glad that you're here and that we're spending this time together, and I'm thrilled to share the work of my guest with you today. Her name is Nancy Jane Smith. She's the host and author of The Happier Approach. She's also a licensed counselor, and we are diving deep into high-functioning anxiety, what that even is, and also uh, the monger, as she calls it, that, that inner critic that we all deal with, especially if you are a mom, which, you know, you never really feel like you're doing everything you need to do at the level you need to do it. Um, even if you're not a mom, I know you probably deal with that. Um, so we're talking about how to deconstruct that and how to move into a true state of happiness instead of always pursuing happiness. And I think that I mentioned that because it's a very important distinction, and we're going to get all into that in this episode. Um, so I'm so thrilled to share that with you today. If you love it, please share it with a friend. That's always so, so appreciated. And now I want to take a little time to send some love to you, the listener. Um, I'm spotlighting another review this week. This one comes from Mama Erin, and she says, Liz is like a good friend and spiritual teacher to me in my 4.30 a.m. Mommy Miracle Morning ritual. Many times I've been listening over coffee and writing for the day and heard exactly what I needed to on a very deep level. Liz and her guests are so tapped into a broadening consciousness and have so many beautiful tools for anyone, but especially a stressed new mother trapped in a victimhood mentality to empower and refresh her life. God, I'm so... Like I get chills when I read that because it's just exactly the intention and the mission behind this show. So thank you, Mama Erin. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to have your review read, submit one. And who knows, we could be reading it next week before the episode. Thanks, guys. Enjoy my episode with Nancy Jane Smith. Hey guys, before we dive into this episode, I want to mention our show sponsor, Beekeepers Naturals. Now they have a wide variety of bee products like royal jelly, um, hemp honey sticks, but I want to talk to you today about their Bee Elixir Brain Fuel. Now this product comes in these little vials. Don't make the same mistake I did and take the entire vial in one sitting uh, because you will literally be buzzing around like a bee. This thing hacks through brain fog, gives your body and your brain such a boost of energy. I mean, it was unlike anything I had ever experienced before. I mean, it was incredible. Um, and it's because it works on your brain uh, as a nootropic, which means it helps elevate the functioning and the processing of your brain. So if you are looking for something to cut through brain fog, to hack productivity, to get deep into the zone, I highly recommend checking out beekeepersnaturals.com and clicking on their Beelixir brain fuel and use my code unstressed so you can save. This episode is sponsored by Swanson Health. Swanson Health has been producing quality vitamins and supplements, foods, healthy home, and self-care products for over 50 years since 1969 from the heart of America. Swanson Health is the only company to offer the full spectrum of wellness products for mind, body, and home. From quality vitamins and supplements to cruelty-free beauty items to eco-friendly home products, Swanson Health is here to keep you healthy. 
Swanson Health only supports products they're proud to use and give to their own families, backing everything by strict quality standards with the Swanson Quality Code. Swanson brand vitamins and supplements are crafted in the United States and made with unsurpassed purity and potency. Swanson Health carries over 20,000 wellness products at a great value. Pick up all of your favorite health products, plus discover new ones for your wellness routine, all while leaving money in your pocket. Now, if you want to try any of Swanson Health's great products for yourself, use code MOTHER20 for 20% off on swanson.com. Hello, Nancy. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that we're talking about this particular topic. It's one of my favorites, honestly, because I feel like this is the secret to life, to living a good life. So I'm going to dive right in with a question. Um, Where does unhappiness stem from? Because happiness really is your your wheelhouse. Um, I think unhappiness stems from not being, um, I have to say, no one has ever asked me that question, which is such a great question. Yes. Um, (laughs) um, Unhappiness, I think, stems from just not being honest with ourselves and not, Mm. I always talk about the idea of building a self-loyalty and being able to trust what comes up for us and having that idea of, of whatever comes up, I can handle it. Even if, mm. you know, meaning I can go ask for help or I can take a break or I, I just, I'm, I'm not living in fear. And I think that's where unhappiness comes from when we get so stuck in our heads that we can't recognize that we're fluid and we can handle stuff and it can come our way and we can know what to do with it. And the other thing I think that unhappiness comes from is always chasing happiness. So when we are, when happiness is the only goal, I think we can end up being unhappy because happiness is, is not something that is a permanent state. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So well said. And it just kind of springs to mind, um, you know, more questions like when you say in your head, can you talk to us about what people really go through, because this is something that you talk about a lot on your show, on your podcast, um, The Happier Approach, and in your book. Um, take us through that that system that we all have in our minds. <laughs> well, I um, so I wrote The Happier Approach um, a few years ago in, um, in honor of my dad, who had a very heavy inner critic. And I call mm. the inner critic uh, the monger. And so I call it the monger because... It is constantly selling propaganda to us. And that is what a monger, by definition, does. It just talks propaganda. And so the propaganda of the monger is you're always doing it wrong. Um, You could always be doing it better. And the monger is constantly changing the, the goal line. So even if you have a totally successful day, your monger will still come up and tell you, well, you missed this. You didn't get that done. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of my clients, they are just living with this very loud monger. And I I think everyone has a monger. Everyone has that inner critic voice. But some of us have a monger that is just relentless in in how she just ham... I am one of those people who just how she hammers so hard. And so the other... um, I call them, we have three voices in our head, and I'm sure many of us have other voices, but there are three main voices (laughs) 
not um, that we're hearing voices, but these, you know, like our, our internal voices are talking to us. And so one of them is the monger. And then the other one I call the BFF. And I call her the BFF because I think back to high school when you had a BFF who would, you know, even now my best friend is kind of my BFF in the sense of, she always has my back. She always, she thinks I'm amazing. She's always willing mm. to go to the, you know, go to the mattresses for me. And she always will give me a pass. She'll always give me an excuse. And she, she's not really motivating. She's, she kind of sabotages me secretly. And so that idea of false self-compassion is that BFF. So a classic example of this would be you decide you want to get up in the morning a little earlier and just do your own meditation practice or journal or walk or something. And your alarm goes off 30 minutes early and in comes your monger right away to say, get up out of bed. You're so lazy. You said you were going to do this. You're out of shape, whatever, all those negative voices. And then the BFF comes in to be like, oh, we went to bed late last night. We're tired. You don't need to do this. It's okay. You can do it tomorrow. No big deal. And kind of gives us that pass. And so what happens is you lay there for 30 minutes with those two voices arguing. And 30 minutes pass. You haven't slept 30 minutes more. And you did not get up and do the things you wanted to do. And so there you are starting your day in a state of anxiety <laughs> before you've wow. even hit the floor, you know? I feel like you know me. <laughs> <laughs> this is just such, such truth. And, I, and not just for me, but I think for the listener, for any woman or man listening to this right now, we've all been through that. So what is the third voice? I'm very curious. So the third voice is the voice of the, I call it the biggest fan. And the biggest fan is, because for me and for a lot of people, they're like, I need that monger voice or I won't get anything done. Like mm. I, you know, they have been raised on the idea that they, their motivation comes from shame. And the more critical I am of myself, the more I, I get done because I want to avoid feeling that criticism. So I'll just keep pushing. And that works until it gets to the point where the monger is still, you know, that never ending, you never hit the finish line. Yeah. So you're doing all this work to avoid the criticism, but you, you can never avoid it. And so that biggest fan is that voice of, I call it the voice of kindness and wisdom. So in the example of wanting to get up early, she's going to say, hey, we're made, we made this commitment to ourselves. We, we said we were going to get up early and do this. We'll feel better when we do this. Let's get up out of bed and just get 15 minutes in. We'll just do 15 minutes mm -hmm. today. And so she has that motivating us, but it's with kindness instead of motivating us with, go ahead, do whatever you want to do. Or you're a loser, get up out of bed to do this. Mm, I love that. It sounds like it's kind of like the highest self. You know, you read about that, hear about that. It's your yes. highest self who wants the best for you. And it is like a kind, kind of omnipresent um, energy. Yeah. And so the challenge is really feeling like they deserve that kindness for my mm. clients. Like that's the bulk of the work. Like that whole theory sounds great. Like, yeah, I'm going to be kind to myself. Awesome. But when you've spent your whole life beating yourself up, the idea of being kind to yourself is completely foreign. Oh, absolutely. So how do you, when you, when you work with clients and you say, you know, this is, this is the path to greater happiness and they're like, yeah, right. What are some <laughs> practical things that they can, that they can do? Because I mean, I get it. Like you're, you're wired to think this certain way to be motivated by shame and fear. How do you, you know, be kinder and actually like have it stick? 
Right. So I, for, you know, when I first started working with clients before I came up with the BFF and the biggest fan, I was just working with clients on the monger and we mm. would I'd have them name their monger and describe their monger and where did it come from? And it was just all this stuff about recognizing the monger, which is yeah. great because for a lot of us, we don't, um, some of that work is great because we don't, the monger and ourselves are one. Mm. So a lot of people can't even pull out that voice of criticism because it's just, that's what they deserve. They just deserve criticism. So the initial work where I do with clients is really getting them to just be able to notice, ah, oh, there is my monger. There's my monger yeah. there, you know, and being able to pull out that voice. And as I said, in the beginning, that is about building that self-loyalty with yourself. And, and where I start with that, with a lot of my clients, which is challenging, yeah, <laughs> is the idea of acknowledging your feelings. And so I really want my clients to start acknowledging what is, what is happening for them. What's their experience in the world? And if you have a loud monger, you tend to um, diminish your experience. It's, you judge it all the time. It's not appropriate. I shouldn't be feeling this way. This isn't okay. Mm-hmm. On and on and on. Um, and so they have to start with trusting themselves and being able to say, okay, this is, this is what I'm experiencing. So a personal example for me is today is the, happens, the day we're recording happens to be the anniversary of my dad's death. Mm. And he died three, three years ago today. And so I was walking the dog this morning and, you know, of course it pops up and I'm, I'm feeling sad. And then I immediately say to myself, come on, why aren't you over this? It's been three years. You, this is ridiculous that you still feel this bad about this. And even though I know grief and I'm a therapist, so I get how grief works. And, yeah. but, but that monger is just so loud. And so just being able to say to myself, you know what? I'm sad. That's period. I'm feeling sad yeah. today. And I don't have to judge that or rationalize it or explain it or post it up on Facebook to get a bunch of likes so people will make me feel it's okay to be feeling this way. I can mm-hmm. just say to myself, I'm sad and and let that wash over me. And that is the piece that a lot of that a lot of times we miss. And that's the piece of kindness. Instead of saying, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I should be a better mom. I should be able to do this differently. I shouldn't have yelled at my child. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have. To say, this is a tough day, man. That's tough. When you recognize what you've done and you don't want to be living that way, that's tough. How do we make, once we can give ourselves the kindness, then we can move forward to be like, okay, how do I want to do this differently? Wow. That's, I mean, I got chills when you were speaking because first of all, I'm so sorry for your loss. I I mean, I can't imagine. Um, Thank you. And yeah, and we've done other shows on grief on the show and uh, you know, it is, it is like a cyclical thing. You never know when it's going to come back. So I, I understand that, but I, I just can imagine so many people who are high functioning. They're, you know, extremely type A, they're getting shit done and yet mm-hmm. they are just killing themselves and beating themselves up. And I think to bring this in would be completely life-changing. I mean, do you, do you find that your clients are afraid that if they release that monger and, and move into a kinder space that they're not going to be as effective in life? Oh, yes. That hands down is the biggest, mm-hmm. the biggest fear. And I think because we have, because, and I even struggled with that. And I talk about that in my book, that the, all of the, the information that I had read was to counter that inner critic, you have to love yourself no matter what. 
Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, if I love myself no matter what, then I won't achieve any goals because right. I'm fine. Right I don't where need I to am. do anything. I don't need to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I could never, you know, kind of square that in my head. And so it wasn't until I realized, oh, it's about just being kind. It's mm-hmm. that's all it is. It's it isn't that I got to accept all of my accept everything. Like I don't have to go that far right away. But I just have to recognize, oh, wow, you messed up there. Okay, well, that's okay. We are human. We mess up. That's okay. And just kind of giving myself that that real kindness. And one exercise that has really helped me do that is, and is, I, when I, when you go, when I found myself, when I would go to the bathroom and I would wash my hands, I wouldn't look in the mirror, really look in the mirror. I would look to see, you know, like, oh, does my hair look okay or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I never saw myself in the mirror. And, and sometimes there'd be times I didn't even look up. Like I just washed my hands, dried them, was on to the next thing. You know, you're just moving, moving, moving. And Mm -hmm. so I started having the practice of looking up and making eye contact with myself and just being like, how are you doing? How are you doing today? Mm-hmm. And every time I do it, I get tears in my eyes Aww. because you're seeing yourself as a person, you know, not just this walking head that is full of a to-do list. Mm-hmm. It's actually like, oh, here you are. You have feelings and thoughts and how are you doing? You know, and that exercise has really helped me. It's helped a lot of my clients just reconnect with yeah their humanness. I love that. And, and I think, yeah, so many people are like, oh, you got to meditate. You got to journal. I'm one of those people that have, are always saying that, but that is something, I mean, everyone goes to the bathroom, everyone washes their hands, hopefully. Um, right. <laughs> so you have those, you have those minutes to, to really connect. I love that. And I, I feel like that's something that no one is really talking about or promoting. Yeah, because that's I have a I struggle to meditate and I struggle to journal. Um, it's it's something that I can't slow myself down enough to yeah. do. Even though when I do it, it's amazing. But yeah. I have found these little um, my I call mindfulness hacks that are little ways that I just check in with myself. Um, so like when I'm driving, if I hit a stop sign or a stoplight, I, you know, I try to remind myself to take three deep breaths and just kind of be like, what are you feeling right now? What's going on? And, and having those little check-ins throughout the day, I'll encourage clients to set a timer on their phone where they can, it'll go off and they just kind of do a check-in. How am I mm-hmm. feeling? What's going on? And then being able to say, wow, that really sucks or that's hard or wow, that was great. You really got that, you know, you figured that out. That's awesome. It's, it's not just giving yourself kindness about the the failures, but about the celebrations too. Yeah. I think that's a really important point to make. It's, it's not all about lifting yourself out of the doldrums. Like you should celebrate when you have wins and, and not be completely carried away, but just say, Hey, like, good job. Like I'm proud of myself for that or, you know, whatever. Um, but I wanted to t- kind of touch on, you know, you kind of talked about anxiety and I feel like now, like even creating the space to do these little mind hacks and in these little practices are amazing. And I feel like even that is so hard for people to do because they're so attached to their phones and to <laughs> the, you know, endorphin rush that you get from those little notifications. So, you know, how has anxiety in your opinion skyrocketed, um, due to phones and, and, and social media and things like that? And then how can people kind of tear themselves away? Because I find myself getting in a, a cycle where I'm just going from app to app to app. And I'm like, I need to get off my phone and like toss it across the room. 
Uh, yeah, I can. T- yes, because <laughs> I will. When I'm in an anxiety, you know, spiral, I'll be like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, yeah. Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Gmail, and then I'll just keep checking them. Like in the span of ten minutes, I'll have checked them repeatedly. Like there's only so mm-hmm. much that's happening on any of these sites at any one time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I know when I'm desperate because I'll go to Twitter and be like, Oh, what's yeah. happening on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> but so I think some, you know, and I'll do that too. Where I'll be like, oh, I got to get rid of this phone. And I, you know, this is too much. But there is, you know, they have done research on how they have designed these phones to be, they pull you out of your body and put you in your head and you can just spin and spin and spin. Yeah. And, and so one of the things that I have found that really helps that is a noticing that you're doing it and, and then being kind when you figure it out that you are, instead mm. of like, you're wasting time. What are you doing? Here you go again. Yeah. You know, to be like, oh, there I am again. I'm doing this thing. This is my coping mechanism. I'm stressed out. What's happening? And then being able mm. to check in, okay, what acknowledge what I'm feeling. And then I encourage people to, you know, to do a full body movement. So slow down and get into your body, but have it be not just sit there and take a deep breath. Cause when we're feeling anxious, we can do that and it doesn't do anything. You know, we could take a deep breath and just move right through it, mm-hmm. but to stand up and touch your toes or stretch or wiggle and do a little dance in your office, something that gets you full body movement because, um, because that reminds you, you have a body and you're not just mm. a head full of ideas. And so when I change that state, that sometimes, and notice I said sometimes, will, <laughs> will disconnect me enough to be like, okay, what is it next that I want to be doing? What's the next thing on the list? Let me put this away. Um, and then there's always practical, you know, sometimes if I'm really stuck in the phone uh, I'm having a day of phone stuff. I'll I'll put a blocking app on my phone or I'll turn it on to the super power saving mode because I can't get access to those apps when I do that. And that mm-hmm. just reminds me that's a that that breaks the connection long enough. Cause so often we pick up the phone to check like our calendar and yeah. and two seconds later I'm in Gmail and I'm like, how did I get here? Yeah. I was just totally the same. Yeah. Or I don't even, and I didn't even make it to the calendar. Like I just opened up the phone and immediately went to my email and was like, oh, I was checking my calendar and here I am. Yeah, totally. I love that. No, that's, that's really helpful actually, you know, getting back into your body. I feel like that's a really great practice and it feels good. Like you do some stretches, like you immediately feel better physically. Yes. Yes. Mm. So talk to us a little bit about high-functioning anxiety. When I read that on your Instagram, I was like, well, what is that? So high-functioning anxiety is, is not a DSM. You know, it's not an official diagnosis like generalized anxiety disorder. But, mm-hmm. but why I was um, drawn to it is high-functioning anxiety, it isn't as persistent, and continu- as persistent or continuous as generalized anxiety disorder, but it's the way you cope with your anxiety is that you push and push and push and you're overachieving. Mm -hmm. You're kind of trying to run away from your anxiety. And so it's, you know, I've had people have pushed back on the high functioning and being like, oh, so because I don't do that, are you saying I'm low functioning? And I, (laughs) and, and I'm, I'm not, if you take away the cultural 
subjective term, high functioning. We hear high functioning in the Western world and we think, oh, that's a good thing. High functioning is a good thing and low functioning is bad. But really, they're just terms that describe how you handle things. So mm. it's, it's our subjectiveness that's, make, that's putting the, the positive spin on it. But clients with high-functioning anxiety overperform, they overachieve, they're, they're living by their to-do list, they're perfectionists and people-pleasing and all that good stuff. Low-functioning would mean you, you say no to stuff, you hide out, you're, you have a little more, um, you, you limit yourself from the things that scare you, whereas high-functioning people plow right through. And there's got to be, in my mind, some point where you just burn out or you get sick or, you know, what's usually the end result of that? So a lot of times, yeah, you, you burn out. I mean, that's why burnout is so popular, you know, so strong. Um, a lot of times you'll have made, a lot of clients have like major physical problems that they just keep ignoring, you know, like mm. they just keep plowing through, even though there's these, cause they don't have a connection with their bodies. Yeah. So they, it's easy to ignore the stuff and it's what is next on the to-do list is more powerful than how I'm really feeling. Yeah. I was reading something. um, I forget his name, but he used to be on the biggest loser. He was one of the coaches and he talked about that, like listening to the signs of your body, your body is screaming out all the time. Listen to me, like something's not right. And for, yeah, like people who are high functioning or motivated by, you know, shame or fear or whatever, you know, that's their, that's their value system they're not listening. And then, you know, yeah, you do fall down with a heart attack or something or, you know, cancer or whatever else. Like, it's really scary how common it is. And that's why, like, I was so excited to do this episode with you because I feel like what you're talking about is so crucial in this day and age, especially with the phones, especially like everyone, it seems like has some form of anxiety um, because we're so, we're so in our heads. Right. Yeah. Because how all, you know, one of the ways to describe that not being in touch with your body that that people can relate to is the idea I talked about at the beginning, the idea of self-loyalty. But a lot of my clients, they have a lot of loyalty to the people in their lives, you know, their, their kids Mm -hmm. and their parents and their spouses, like they would go to the ends of the earth for them to the detriment of themselves. So they Mm -hmm. don't have a loyalty with themselves at all. And so when I can say it like that, people will be like, oh, so you want me to treat myself like I would treat my kid or my parent or, and I'm like, yeah, have that same kindness and loyalty. You know, I will say, um, and sometimes I say, you know, treat yourself like you would your eight-year-old niece because... Mm. It's not your, you know, sometimes when you're a parent, you're, you have to treat your child, you know, you're, you're, you're pulling them along, you're caring for them. There's a different relationship mm-hmm. than a niece or a nephew that you just have to love and be supportive of. And, no, I love and that. that's, that's how I want, you know, that's how we need to be treating ourselves. Yeah. That inner child work is so important. Yes. Yeah. Man. So we've covered so much ground. I really, I feel like I've got a ton of value just from listening to you. And, and, you know, and I'm someone who always talks about self-love and self-care and the audience is well-versed in that, but I feel like you definitely brought some different angles to that and some different perspective to that. Um, but if there were one big takeaway that you would want to leave the listener with today, what would you want her to remember from this talk? I really want her to remember just to practice, to see if they could put some kindness into how they talk to themselves in a day. So notice, notice how they're talking to themselves and then just say, could I make that a little more kind? And how could I do that? 
and sink mm-hmm. into that. Yeah, absolutely. And I really, really, really like that mirror work that you talked about too. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. I hope she remembers that. Um, okay. So I do have some rapid fire questions for you if you're ready. I'm ready. Happiness is? Fleeting. Mm, I'm grateful for? My husband. Oh. And what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? You can handle it. Mm, I love that. So for our listener now who is completely intrigued and motivated by the work that you're doing, <laughs> how can she find you online? Where can she find you? She can find me at um, live-happier.com. And you can find my book, The Happier Approach, on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. And you can also um, listen to my podcast called The Happier Approach Podcast, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And I talk more about this high-functioning anxiety uh, angle. I love that. I love that. I'm definitely going to be tuning in as I'm working out or walking the dogs um, because I feel like it's something, you know, that we all need, you know, every single day. You can't just listen to it once and be done with it. Like this is just so important. Yes, I think. And that's what's powerful about the work you're doing, because I think we need to be hearing from a variety of people, even if if even if it's the same message over and over and over again, told in a variety of ways, because they those varieties sink in. Yep. You know, yeah. something, it, it, something that I say might bounce off someone, but then you say it in a certain way with a certain inflection and they're like, they get it, you know, yes, like that's, yes. that's what matters. Yes, exactly. I think that's the power of, of doing these interviews is, is you can touch people that way. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for being on the show, Nancy. This was such a pleasure. Thank you for, you know, doing this type of work on a hard day. I, I really appreciate it. Um, and I'm really just honored that, that you showed up. Thanks. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. You've been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, please share it out on your social media, Instagram stories, and tag us at Motherhood Unstressed so we can share it back out and keep the conversation going on these important topics. Also, make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss out on an interview with an amazing guest or our weekly guided meditations every Wednesday. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. This is my line of organic USA-grown hemp that was specifically designed to help you, the listener, battle stress and anxiety naturally. And what CBD does is it helps your body's own endocannabinoid system function better. So you're sleeping better, you're experiencing less stress and anxiety, and you're able to get everything done with an overall feeling of security, of groundedness, of calm. So if you would like that in your life, head on over to motherhoodunstressed.com, click the shop tab and use the code podcast to save. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.